What's going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Unscripted, the show that brings you professionals from all walks of life, touching on their backstory, their mindset, and how they navigate through adversity and opposition, while providing you practical tips that might help you on your path. I'm your host, two-time Olympian, Olympic bronze medalist, author, and motivational speaker, Akeem Haynes. Now, let's get into the episode. This week on the show, I'm joined by multiple-time All-American during her time at the University of Tennessee, not to mention she had also academic honors at the University of Tennessee as well. She's a Savage Fenty ambassador, professional sprinter Maya McCoy joins me on the show this week. I had a great conversation with Maya, and we touched on a lot of different topics Throughout this conversation, you will see a common theme in this episode, and that is to believe in yourself and never give up. In this episode, we talk about growing up in Memphis, Tennessee. We talk about why she chose the University of Tennessee. We talk about the struggles during her collegiate years and how she stayed positive during those times. We talk about why at one point she wanted to quit and why she then kept strength to push forward. We talk about how she handles doubts, fears, and times when she feels overwhelmed. We talk about mentorship, support, and guidance in the sport of track and field. We talk about her first year as a professional and why that did not work out in her favor and the adjustments she made moving forward. We also talk about what track and field has taught her about herself, and we get into so much more. This is an episode that you don't want to miss, especially if you've been following Maya's career to date. Or if you don't know Maya, this is going to be a great way to introduce to her and to support her with the upcoming track and field season and so forth moving forward. But hey, before you go, do me a favor and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you don't miss any more podcast episodes to come. So with all that being said, enjoy this week's episode with Maya McCoy. Oh, Maya, thank you so much. I want to be respectful of your time. We got a lot to get into in a short amount of time, but I want to start here. I'm, I'm big on gratitude, right? I, I think it's hard to think negatively when you're thankful for what you have in life. So Give me three things you're grateful for today, Maya. Three things I'm grateful for. Um, I'm grateful for my family, mm-hmm. my parents especially um, my friends who support me and motivate me and just to be in good health. Maya, before I got to Alabama, I went to a, a junior college, Barton Community College, and I had a couple teammates there from Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Now, Different stories and different parts that I've heard about Memphis, Tennessee. What was the dynamics like growing up for you, right? I'm not talking about necessarily on the track, but just every single day. What was it like growing up for you? What do you remember most about those years? Um, Like high school or middle school or elementary, which one? What year? Either or, all of the above. Um. I, I remember having the most fun in high school. I went to Whitehaven High School, and mm-hmm. it was so fun. It's like going to the HBCU there, I swear. Like, we have a lot of fun. Um, all black people, really. We had one white girl. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Um, so, like, I, I hadn't been around, you know, too many white people to, like, college. But um, 
I had fun. I played basketball. We were playing basketball. So I've always been around sports. Um, so I played basketball growing up from since I was like four because I always wanted to be like my brothers. My mm-hmm. older brother, he played basketball and I wanted to be oh, like him. How many years older? He's three years older. And then my other brother is what, nine years older? Okay. So you got two older brothers. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and you just said the dynamic around Memphis? Mm-hmm. Question. Um, trying to think how to answer it. Really, it's just home for me. To be honest, I love going back home. Um, just a nice city. Um, I have fun there all the time with my friends from back home. So I make sure I get with them every time I go back home. We have a ball. Um, I really love Memphis. I was, I was really, I had a great time growing up i was really celebrated too like especially when i started running track yeah, yeah. um we got a commercial appeal is our uh local newspaper mag like magazine there and i used to be like getting on the cover there from running track like i won state from my sophomore to senior year of uh, high school and then i also um played basketball still up until my senior year so they ended up giving me they used to do awards thing like every year mm-hmm. like i got track athlete of the year I want to say three years at sophomore, junior, and oh, he's getting busy. And then I also got the overall athlete of the year award at senior year as well. So I got both awards, and I think I was like kind of like one of the first to get both. Oh, too. Yeah. That was really nice. So like I don't know, they just let me back home, and I really like being back home. It must have felt good. Uh, <laughs> I've listened to previous interviews before Maya, and I know your parents are a big part of your journey. Um, I believe that growing up sometimes a part of our foundation is built from our family, the community and stuff that we learn directly or we see indirectly. What do you think? Well, what were some of the things, Maya, that you took from your parents that was maybe instilled in you? Like, for example, uh, my mom taught me hard work without actually telling me to work hard. Right. I just Mm -hmm. saw her going, you know, working two to three jobs complaining about it yeah but she would go and do exactly what she's complaining about and i was like man you know this girl's making a lot of sacrifice this woman's working hard i don't this there's no excuses i have to work hard especially you uh, with your mom and your dad and your two older siblings what was a lesson that you learned from your parents uh that maybe sticks with you today um i would say just never giving up mm. and always working hard um I feel like that's one thing that keeps me going is I just like, I, I, you know, I, I never, I never give up. Cause you know, my mom didn't raise a quitter. <laughs> um, even going back to that, I'm thinking about like my, um, my grandma on my dad's side, she's always be like, don't say you can't do something. Mm. You know, never, she never liked for us to hear us to say that we can't do something. So you always can do something. Um, but yeah, just never giving up, never quitting. And I know I think about like growing up playing basketball, my dad will always tell me, you know, make people know your name, you yeah. know, always, you know, do you just be that great, do so well out there that you everybody's going to know who you are after you leave the court or, you know, even to this day with track, make them know your name out there. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Now, Tennessee was obviously where you ended up going to school. But that process isn't always easy to do. My, I mean, that can be a very tricky situation. You know, this is where me and me and uh, Coach Can's relationship kind of came in one. I didn't go to Florida State. I probably should have went there, but I didn't <laughs> end up going there. But it can be the process of it can be overwhelming. When I tell young cats all the time, too, I'm like, you can't get too fixated on the name 
that you go to a place that may not be for you and the program may not be for you. What was it like navigating through that whole process of picking the school? You're getting, you're running fast. Every school kind of wants you. What's their job to sell you? But how did you come to pick Tennessee? I ended up picking Tennessee just because I felt like it was, it just had a, a more homey atmosphere. I don't know if it's because it's also Tennessee and I'm from Memphis, but yeah. then it, Knoxville is six hours from Memphis, but it just felt more homey. And it was a smaller team too at the time. It was not many sprinters there, anything. They were like rebuilding the program. And I just felt like, you know, I said, I just started running in high school. I think I was, well, you know, a smaller group to yeah. where I feel like I would still get that personal attention from my coach. Whereas I would, if I would have chose like, you know, LSU or one of those other schools, it's like, they so <laughs> yeah, they're already deep. So that's kind of how I went about picking Tennessee was just a bit like a more homey atmosphere for me and just a smaller group. All right. So we get to Tennessee, right? We're not necessarily talking about the track aspect of yet, but you said, you know, you went to a predominantly all black school, high school, you get to Tennessee. It's a whole bunch of different people. It's different. <laughs> the environment's different, right? You're seeing a lot more people that didn't look like you, right? Classes may be a little bit harder, more people like being a, being a thousand percent transparent. Like when I got to Alabama from Barton, you know, I struggled because at Barton, it's like a high school in a way, right? Junior college. But then you go to a place where there's 40,000 people, not to mention there's no such thing as a student athlete. You're an athlete first. So don't, you, if you have to do what you got to do to make sure that you're ready to run fast, but it's tough and it's grueling. And not a lot of people really tell you about that transition side of it. What was that transition like for you your first year there from going from high school to your first year uh, as a collegiate athlete? I actually had a really smooth transition. Okay, why are you on the other side of it? Academically, I did, but track-wise, you know, it wasn't that great. I didn't I didn't really, like, perform that well on the track, but academically, I didn't have an issue. Uh, I've always been pretty good in the classroom, even though I never really did like school. I was always making A's and everything, but because I went to a, a totally optional school for middle school, and then when I went to Whitehaven, I was always in the honors and AP courses. Um, so I don't know. I, I never really struggled academically. I think what also helps is I think they do it at every school. Um at Tennessee, you will have an academic advisor as well as you'll have a mentor appointment. So you have your mentor to help you like keep organizing your agenda and make sure you got this to do on this day and that day. So help you keep, you know, being organized. And I feel like once I learn how to do that, and you, I think you have to have a certain GPA too to graduate out of having a mentor and a tutor, like all that mandatory stuff and mandatory study hall hours. So after freshman year, I graduated from there and I was able to do it on my own. Uh, I maintained what 3.4 GPA while I was there. And then I also got my master's too while at Tennessee. Okay, so. Maya, talk heavy. Come on. <laughs> so it took you a couple of years for things to really start to get going. Right. And we talked a little bit briefly offline. Uh, in high school, you're a star, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and then when you come to collegiate, that's why you really can't get too high and you can't get too low because you know, everybody's a state champion or a regional champion when you get to college. But in the NCAA, especially in certain conferences, man, it's kind, it's kind of cutthroat, especially in the SEC where we beat up on each other every single week. Um, took you three years to get into the groove of things, your breakout year. 
the sport can be unforgiving. What were some of those reasons, Maya, that you think that you weren't successful your first three years at Tennessee? Um, I think it's you just have to have a coach that's for you and then like a training program that fits you as well. Um, I, when I first met Coach Ken, we just instantly clicked too. So, you know, it's just good to have that relationship where you could talk to your coach about anything. And then I don't I feel like some some track programs, they have like kind of a one size fit all program for everybody. Whereas, you know, it might not work for this athlete, but it works for this athlete. So I just feel like that program with the coach that was at Tennessee before just kind of didn't fit for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm assuming because like I didn't really run nothing too fast you know i didn't really i don't i I didn't pr either the 100 or 200 till that junior year but it still wasn't just like you know crazy fast or anything but as soon as like coach ken got there i actually pr in the 60 and then the indoor 200 and i thought i was just wasn't good at indoors either because i was so tall i wasn't (laughs) running any fast but actually like that year coach ken got there i was sec bronze medalist in both the 60 and the 200 i think i was the only one that qualified for both as well that year uh in the sec indoor um then i made it to nationals for the first time ever indoors um but unfortunately i got injured that outdoor season uh i had the red shirt and it sucked because that's how but it's it's how i ended up doing grad school though so it worked out but it just sucked because i have such a good indoor season finally so i was really looking forward to that outdoor season um it was like you could just do grad school and you know come back and finish out that last outdoor um, so I came back and trained and just for two weeks before the outdoor season. Wow. COVID, I was like, man, I got the worst luck ever. Wow, wow, wow. That's frustrating. Yeah, but, you know, it, it all worked out. 2021, still had a great season. Um, got SEC bronze medal in the 100. Uh, made it to the 200 final with a windy 22. And I also, regionals, I think I had. Did I have the fastest qualifying time out of regionals? No, I had the second fastest, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, last spot in in the 200, made it to nationals, though, in both of them. And nationals didn't go as well for me, but then Olympic trials was uh, well, a week or so later. Um, made the semifinals in the 100, so that was good for my first Olympic trials. Wow. And I just really did perform well when when that coaching change happened. So it gave yes. me back it brought back my confidence because my confidence was getting low. Cause I was like, maybe I was just fast for high school, but I wasn't fast yeah. for college. But in certain moments, Maya, and you just said that when, when, when we feel vulnerable, when we feel discouraged, it can be tough, right? Like it, we're told to be strong in life period. And especially in track, you know, you know, every day is not going to be your day. You got to push through, but man, sometimes you just get tired of pushing through. And, and I don't care what any person says, even the strongest people get tired of being strong. Sometimes, what were those down moments like, Maya? Did you ever feel like just just stopping and question why should I even keep going? Did those thoughts ever creep into your mind? It did a lot those first three years of just uh, stopping because I was just really feeling like, man, you know, these girls are fast. And maybe, you know, I just I thought I was fast, but I wasn't that fast for college. And, you know, I was also, you know, I wanted to run professionally like I am now. It's like maybe. I have to give up those dreams. So I used to get down a lot about that. Um, luckily, you know, I, I did keep on going. Um, I was considering transferring, but that was until Coach King got there. So that that worked out. Um, even like last season, I was like, man, I just 
you know, I kind of wanted to quit, but you know, I'm back out here and this season is going a lot better for me. Um, cause I, I left coach Ken, um, after that 2021 season. So last season I wasn't with coach Ken, but now that I'm back with coach Ken, everything's much better. I'm happy again. And I feel like my confidence is getting back up there when I'm out on the track. Do you consider yourself a patient person? Um, I try to be, I do. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I remember, uh, when I first got to, uh, Barton, you know, Canada's a little bit different, right? Like our, our level of competition is, is high, but not in every single place. I mean, it's a numbers game down in America here. But when I first got to, uh, Barton, like, I was number one, number two in Canada across the board. But when I got to Barton, I was like the fifth person passing, fifth fastest person on my team. And I was getting waxed in training. And I was just like, yo, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. But there are always moments where you have a decision to make. Am I going to keep going or am I just going to find a different path to take? During those moments, Maya, when you, you know, you talked about last year uh, wanting to stop, I think one of the biggest misconceptions people make about track and field is they think it's just a physical sport. Yes, it is. You can see. But if you're not right mentally, it's not going to equate to running fast physically. Uh, last year, you know, you 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 were training with the Florida group. How, <laughs> what got you through those times? Because it wasn't the best thing for you. Uh, that we were talking about, right? Because making that transition from collegiate to the pros, that's another thing that people don't tell you about. What was that situation like for you? Um, well, last season, because at first I was actually going to continue training with Coach Ken, but that was until like I got, you know, with an agency and then they, you know, told me that basically Nike will give you your contract if you went to their group in Florida, uh, which I did. But you know, that never did happen. Um, so kind of discouraging because I thought like, oh, I am going to have, you know, sponsorship to pay, you know, rent and all of that. So that didn't work out. And then I wasn't running fast either with that training program. Um, and I just remember being at USA's last year and I was just like, man, I didn't even make it out the prelim. I think I ran with like 11.4 or something like that. I just wasn't running fast at all. Um, I just hit up Coach Ken and I just told him everything that had been going on. And I was just like, I just want to train with you again. And he was like, I don't know where I'm going to end up yet because the coaching changes just happened at Tennessee. He was like, I don't know where I'm going to end up yet, but as soon as I find out, I'm going to let you know. So he ended up here at Auburn and um, I'm the volunteer assistant coach here as well. And I've just been training here with him ever since. But it's definitely been hard, but I'm glad I'm back. What's been the biggest lessons that the transition to the professional side of things have taught you? Um, biggest lessons. You just got to keep going. You can't give up and you just have to pick yourself back up. Like you can have a bad meet, but you just really have to pick yourself back up after that meet. Um, shake it off. I remember I was trying to um, encourage one of the girls to train here. I was like, you just, Someone asked, was that me in that bad race? I don't know who that was. That <laughs> <laughs> was like, you just, just got to delete it from your memory. You just can't let it get to you, you know. So you just got to keep going. And even like, I know it's hard, especially with no sponsorship, because I don't know. I know sometimes I get a little overwhelmed because I just 
my parents helped me pay for everything and you know you don't want to be a burden on them or anything so like i know i get overwhelmed by that but i know my dad always tells me like he just wants me to go out there because they believe in me and don't worry about anything and they got me but it's just hard like i didn't know a lot of professionals you know kind of struggle with the finances uh side of things i didn't know that sponsorships was that hard to come by like that so you know it, it really is hard. You get down a lot, but if you love the sport and you want to keep going and you just feel like you can be one of the best, you know, you just got to stay motivated, however that is, and just keep going. It's one of the things that we've said that people just don't tell you about. There's a select few of people who are, are making pretty good money in the sport. And even though you can be running well, if <laughs> it's a tricky situation for when you feel like you should be on a contract and then for whatever reason it just doesn't happen and we know it's a little bit more than just running fast but at the end of the day if you run fast that's what i was always told that things will get taken care of uh on the mentorship side of things uh maya when i turned professional um nobody really wanted to help me not that i was necessarily looking because my expectations are always just like i don't expect anything from anybody Either you're going to support or you're not, but either way, I'm going to keep it pushing with support, without support, you got to keep it pushing. But has there been anyone that has shown you like, hey, you know, this is what you shouldn't do. This is what you should do, or maybe try this because, you know, you, you can't do everything alone and your, your parents are there. Absolutely. But they're not in the sport. And sometimes you just need somebody in the sport to maybe give you some words or uh, some different things to say, you know what, this is how you should go about it. Do you have any people in that supporting style? Um, I know if I ever want advice on anything, I try to go to Toby. Um, you know, Toby does the hurdles, the world worker holder and the hurdles. You know, I try to ask her questions just to see, you know, what she might think and get advice from her. Uh, so she's helpful with me by doing that. Whenever I have a question, I can always ask her to see what her opinion is on things. Um, and then, of course, I ask Coach Ken. And sometimes I'll talk to Coach Burrell a little bit. But that's pretty much it for me. I remember, I remember this. Uh, uh, this was like a couple of years, years on years back. Um, I was overseas and I was in Sweden, right? And I remember uh, there's a guy named Kim Collins, right? Kim Collins. You know what Kim Collins is? That name sounds familiar, but I don't think I know. So he used to compete for like St. Kitts and Nevis. Like Kim Collins, like freak, like running nine seconds at 40 years old, right? Just, just a different cat, but one of the OGs in the game in the sport. But when I was on the circuit my first year, I didn't really know a bunch of those guys. And I was at this meet and I was warming up and Kim was there, but he was like staring at me. I'm like, yo, as this guy, you know, where we come from, yo, you stare at me, there's a problem. And he's, yo, he's just staring at me. I'm like, yo, am I going to have to fight this guy? Like, so we're going and he's staring and we're going and he's staring. And so he finally calls me over and he says, hey, man, you're having a good season. He said, but you're working too hard. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you're working too hard to run fast, right? When you try to run fast and force running fast, it usually doesn't happen like that. Uh, you're on the cusp of that 10-point barrier, Maya, and then going into trials. What do you think you need to do to hit that mark, right? Because there's obviously things that we have to come into play and the coach has to play 
But have you gotten to the part where you're not forcing yourself to run fast? Um, I think so. I don't know. These last few meets, I've run pretty consistently. I went to Atlanta, ran 11-1 twice for the prelim and the final. And then I ran 11-0 the following weekend in Arkansas. And I don't know. The runs felt good. They didn't feel hard, you know. And when I was just thinking about my races before that, I was trying to think, like, what am I doing wrong? Because, you know, I ran 11-0, second meet of the season. And the only thing I could think of when I looked back at my, my races and stuff, I just felt like I wasn't as aggressive. Like, of course, I'm driving aggressive out the blocks, but coming out that transition phase, I wasn't aggressive. So, like, I just been trying to think, like, I got to push hard. You know, I just can't go out there and, you know, not be as aggressive. Like, you know, I really got to push and get everything I can from the track. And it's really felt easier. Like, I feel like I'm getting down the track faster as long as I push, you know, hard down the track. So, but it doesn't feel hard. Yeah. No, but, and it just feels like I'm just kind of just gliding and I'm going, picking up speed fast towards the end. So that's, that's the adjustments I've made. And hopefully, you know, I do get that 10 because I know Coach Ken was like, I'm running consistently around my PR and, you know, I equal my PR. So he said a big drop should come, you know, soon when you're running consistently. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially at the right time. I mean, in a couple, well, I guess next week is more more than perfect time to do it, especially on that track. Last few questions I have for you, Maya. Uh, doubts, fears, insecurities. How do you block all of that outside of your head and focus on one mission at hand, and that's to come into the race open-minded and do what you have to do, right? You may not have a good practice going in. Your body may feel heavy going going into a meet, and you're just like, yo, like I, I shouldn't feel like this. I should feel a little bit better. We beat ourselves a lot of times before we even get to the start line, or even when positions come up, we beat ourselves up thinking that we're not worthy of those opportunities that come. But how do you get out of your own way in your head, Maya, so you can come into the line and come into the line and do what you have to do? Um, I feel like it goes back to, I feel like I said this in the interview before, um, how coach Ken just says, he calls it fear. It's just an acronym. You just have to forget everything and run. So you just have to go out there, clear your head and run. So that's another way to like, not be trying so hard to run. Cause you know, like you said, if you try too hard, you know, you might not get it, you know, but if you just go out there and, you know, just simply execute, you know, don't have all the, the fear, the doubts. You know, if you're feeling this way or that way, just go out there and run because, you know, you put in the work. As long as you know you put in the work and you're strong and you're fit, you're going to go out there and you, you're going to run fast. You've had a lot of ups and downs in the sport, Maya. What has track and field taught you about you? About me? Um, I think it's just taught me that I am a pretty strong minded individual for me to feel like I've been knocked down you know a few times but I still pick myself back up and I I get right back up and I just feel like I just uh, go out there every day and I just try mm. last question Maya uh well second to last question we're gonna we're gonna build a relay team here right four women who is on your relay team you can even put yourself on it or you can be on the coach you can be on the coaching side, but if you could build your relay team for women who's on that team, and what time do you think that team would run, Maya? 
four by one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I will put Aaliyah Hobbs. She's always consistently 10. Um, you have to put, put my girl TT on there, TT. Um, Shakari. Mm-hmm. And let's see. I'll just put myself on it too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We breaking we breaking 41. We going yeah. 41. <laughs> <laughs> Maya, there's uh there's gonna be someone listening to this and you know things may not go their way. This is what this podcast is about. We can talk about sport 24-7, but sports while you're in it is a big part of your life. When you're out of it, you realize it's kind of a small portion of it. But there's gonna be someone who's gonna be listening to this and life is beating them down a little bit, right? And they need to regroup and pick themselves up. And I believe the best way to do that is through words of encouragement, through people's stories. If there was someone going through a tough time and a tough season right now, Maya, what is a word of encouragement that you would give to them that would help keep them going? Um, I would just say, you know, you just can't give up, really. Kind of simple as that. Like, as much as you get down or, you know, you want to give up, you just can't. Because I feel like if you give up now and then, let's say, years later, you you just going to have that regret if you do give up. And you, you won't know, like, what could have happened if you didn't quit. Mm-hmm. So you just don't want that what if, that what if moment in the future. Maya, thank you so much for your time. I know you said you're about to travel next week, Wednesday. Olympic trials, I mean, not Olympic trials, world champ trials are always hectic. I mean, Americans got the toughest team to make, but it's going to be good. I mean, this is what you train for. Uh, what's the best way for people to keep in touch, follow the journey to support? You have a lot going on. You know, Savage Fenty is going crazy right now. Things are looking good. Uh, what's the best way for people to support? Um, to support, you can follow me, keep up with me on Instagram at OG Maya. That's four A's total. Um, then you also have me on Twitter, same at name. And I do have a YouTube channel where I was doing vlogs. I need to get back on it. So hopefully I can vlog. And then- you getting the vlogs? Okay. Yeah, I made some. How many vlogs do I have up? I have a couple vlogs up, as well as like a. I got one try on haul up from the stuff that Savage Expensy sent me too. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm gonna try to keep them going. Maybe get a practice vlog in there. We'll see. <laughs> People always want to know. Maya, thank you again so much for your time. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll definitely be in touch soon. Yes, thank you for having me. <laughs> All right, Maya. Take care. You too.